Welcome to Two Baptists and That Amish Chick, a podcast brought to you by the Butter Churn Girls. I'm Leslie. And I'm Bethany. And I'm Berlin. Join us for candid conversations about organized religion, the good, the bad, the ugly, and how we broke free from it while holding on to our faith in God. In these candid conversations, you can expect to laugh, to relate, occasionally cry, and definitely hear a few cuss words. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform and follow at the Butter Churn Girls on all socials. Now for this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today we have a special guest with us. I'm so excited because he's like a brother to me because he's my cousin. Anyway, (laughs) um, (laughs) it's like a cousin and brother slash all put together. Um, Matthias. We're so excited to have you here. Um, He came all the way from Missouri, not to be, well, I guess kind of to be on the podcast. He just came for the weekend and we're like, hey, we need to do this episode with you. Just so good people have good conversation. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because, you know, as you guys know, we have our, all three of our perspectives on purity culture and like our um, journey and experience or whatever you want to call it. And we were like, we need a guy's perspective because guys have also had that taught to them but in guy form in like you know it's not taught the same to guys as it is to women or to girls because it's different perspective different responsibilities mm-hmm. different yes all those things and for yeah. many but like for me I was like they separated the guys and girls to talk about it so I'm like I don't know what they talked about I want to know <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and even you know at least for the Amish, we just didn't talk about it, period. So there was no separating guys and girls to even talk about it. And I don't know how it was. That's like, similar to what, how it was from, for us too. Yeah. When I met I, yeah. It was all kind of, I mean, yeah, the guys you had, you knew that there was a little more of a responsibility for you, especially getting into the dating scene. Mm-hmm. That's when it often, you know, revealed kind of this purity culture was in the dating scene then. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't was know. it, was it called purity culture in? No, see, that's what I'm saying. This, the, purity word that you guys are using is like that's kind of a new word for me for us it was always kind of a restriction or how would you say it was kind of a don't don't pursue something or don't you know don't look at women or don't you know date them it's all it was very physical as well for Mm -hmm. so like restrictive physically like there was no humanity involved in a sense like you could not date someone in the dating scene, especially for me, it was, you can't get close to someone. Don't hold hands. Don't, you know, if you're in public together, don't show any kind of physical affection for each other. So it was very restrictive. And so it felt like you can't truly be yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, like I said, this, the purity word for me, it was more just what they called standards or mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a little different label, yeah, different sure. language for the same same word or same thinking in a sense. Yeah. Right. I definitely remember them kind of talking about like the whole thing in the sense of dating. Like that mm-hmm. was kind yeah. of the way our church kind of approached it. Um, but they were also like our rule on any of our church trips or anything like that in the bus, they'd be like six inches for Jesus. So if you were yep. sitting in the oh, bus yeah. seat next to somebody, somebody <laughs> they're like six inches gotta have six inches they would yell hand check and everyone had to throw their hands in the air (laughs) really that was a thing yeah on the bus well we drove horse and buggy so there was no throwing hands in the air (laughs) there was no room for that (laughs) somebody had to drive the horse 
hands in the air. Like, yeah, I promise I'm okay. <laughs> that's crazy oh my goodness that's hilarious yeah what what like for you growing up and we're just using purity culture because that's what it's been recently yeah that's it so um for you growing up as a guy um when was the first time that you really were like you were taught about it or you were aware of it or like it was brought into your world Probably around for me, probably around the age of like 16, kind of when you got into the youth mm-hmm. for us, a youth group would have been right around 15 to 16. Cause you know, then before it was all, you know, you'd only see the, the girls or you're kind of around people like that, unless you're friends or something outside of that. Um, you don't, you weren't really around those, you know, girls mm-hmm. and stuff like that until you got into the youth group. Mm-hmm. And so once you got into that, it was like, okay, now we got to, kind of it was all separating Mm -hmm. there was no just free flowing like connection or just conversation really it was Mm -hmm. all you know secular seat or or segregated seating in in church or youth group is all kind of little groups the guys you know when you would play sports or something the guys line up here i mean of course that was for you know efficiency for like making it all run together Mm -hmm. but it all of that was very performative and it also carried over into then your relationships and your conversations with each other or kind of how you looked at each other. Yeah. Right. Um, so the way it was with, you know, for me growing up, I would often play a lot of volleyball or something. So you'd always kind of be separate. Well, as much as it's physical, it's also going to be mental or mm-hmm. spiritual. So right. that's why so many people, as soon as they're getting a relationship, they're just, or, you know, they start dating. It's just all or nothing. Yeah. There's yeah. no healthy from my experience, there was no healthy teaching in the sense of like, you are human, you are, you know, you can have these conversations and be totally fine. It doesn't mean you're, you know, lusting after a girl or, or completely going off the deep end. If you, if you think about someone or you, you know, you want to show some physical affection to them or something, it was like, it was very scary, very like scary and restrictive for a guy. So because you know we were that we were taught to be the leaders we are the guys mm-hmm. we instigate some mm-hmm. of it for me now from you guys from what i've heard from you talk about like i also see it from the other side that you were taught then and i see that as well in the mennonite culture was the women get blamed for what the men do mm-hmm. yeah and that's very toxic but if yeah. you look at the the teaching there as well the men are very restrictive so how are you going to restrict it control it and blame mm-hmm. it on yeah. someone else yeah. How do you keep the guys, you know, from showing any kind of physical physical affection or something? Well, you tell them it's someone else's fault. Mm-hmm. Or if something comes up, mm-hmm. you make you kind of you can blame it on something else and you just kind of take a back seat. So in that sense, it's kind of controlling for the in the purity culture. That's that's how it was for me as well. It was like you, yeah, you need to do this and this, but they were like, I was just like taught a little bit how the women are like, they wear this and this, well, like I said, the, for me, it was called modesty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The yeah, modesty those culture, terms like, too, but there was just like, for, for me personally, I'm like, we had like the modesty and that kind of went towards like how you dressed, how you carried yourself, how you acted. Mm-hmm. And then the purity was like the physical part, right? Like the touching yeah. part and yeah. stuff like that. So those words also like I'm familiar with from my background personally. Yeah. That, that I was going to say, I think that was almost like the segue 
into the purity culture conversation mm -hmm. is it started with the modesty piece. And that was kind of how they like slowly introed it in. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but also I feel like there was like just an expectation of like how you show up on Sundays, but mm -hmm. also there was always the narrative of like, you need to be mindful or cautious of how you're operating outside of mm -hmm. um the church as well like when you go to school and when you're like mm -hmm. shopping with your friends like you have to be like it was always like one of those yeah you show up here on Sunday but how are you acting the rest of the week mm -hmm. like it yeah. was very much like I don't know but almost also like you're you need to feel more shame about what you're doing the rest of the week because yeah. you're showing up here and being just fine on Sunday which we were we were all putting on an app. Uh -huh. Every single right. one of us in that building yeah. was putting on yeah. an app. And the reason I know that is one of my Sunday school teachers one day showed up in jeans and we all went, <gasps> like as fifth graders, I remember all of us going, <gasps> and she goes, listen, I can serve Jesus in my jeans if I need to. She's like, it wasn't a good day. And we were like, Amen. <laughs> like that was the first, that was actually the first thing that I saw that I was like, actually it is okay. Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, mm -hmm. I never thought about it. Now I'm like, I don't think twice about wearing jeans to church mm -hmm. yeah I'm like it's right. shocking if I wear something else right <laughs> true yeah it's true yeah yeah I know I was about to say I something know. and then I kind of forgot going. what it was um oh like I, I know what it was it was the fact that it's always it's interesting that um and I'm curious if this is how it was like for you guys too um, I'm like lumping you two together. But like you're talking about like dress one way and they said you also need to be like the outside of there. It was also interesting where it was like you had the rules of church and being around the church people, but then you had your home rules. Mm. <laughs> They're always a yeah. little bit different. Like for me, it was like, oh yeah, like you, you need the like shorts for church, but when you're not at church, no, like, yeah. And I was always the one like, well, so-and-so at church got to do this. And my dad's like, I don't care if they jumped off the cliff. And I'm like, yeah, I might. <laughs> I'm like, because I really want to do this thing. <laughs> don't test me, dad. They can watch this show or they're going and doing this. And so I always yeah. use like the people at church. Oh, I was a kid yeah. that was allowed to do the extra things. And so I'm like, her Lynn is. <laughs> yeah. But like, that was always my kind of excuse. It's like, but they're doing this. Right. Um, yeah. Or wearing this or whatever it was. But yeah. Was that how it was for you? Like, in was your household rules oh, yeah. different than the church? And was it more strict or more liberal? Or Okay, coming from, like, a few years back before we moved to where we're at now, say from, I'm just going to use Northern Missouri versus Southern Missouri. So when we moved from Northern Missouri, that church, that religion, that thinking that we were in then, my dad was actually in some ways more liberal mm. thinking mm -hmm. than what the church was. Mm -hmm. That was a big part of the purity culture was very strong in that, in that church, so far as the guys had to look a certain way, but the girls would look like, you know, okay, it was funny. Here's, here's my honest view on it now mm -hmm. is back then. And that's why I would, that's why I left was, and that was like, for me, it was the thing of, okay, the guys can look like this. They look more or less like anybody else out on the street. Mm -hmm. Say like, we'll we'll put it in the, in the class of like business casual mm -hmm. button down shirt, mm -hmm. belt, nice pants. That was what they would have, what we would have worn. The women, they wore these all modest cape dresses and it was completely everything covered up. Like it was all focused on them because they are the reason that we lust. So if the dresses get too short up to the knees, then that's on them 
for us, you know, why we think what we think. Those crazy calves. Bethany might have been saying that before. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. That was, that was just this weekend. So yeah, that, and then, you know, moving to Southern, Southern Missouri, it was a little bit more open, but my dad still had a lot of that systematic thinking or influence from the past church into, you know, the church can more or less do what they want for the most part. Yeah, it's still Mennonite. Mm-hmm. and they still have those guidelines and rules that they follow the women still look like this it's even now more confusing than ever in my honest opinion because the guys can wear t-shirts shorts jeans anything or like they kind of wear it they went to church or out and about not so much mm-hmm. to church and you know they can wear jeans and things like that but yeah. the women still look the exact same like like handmade type oh, clothing yes. and Absolutely. wow so yeah. we have a, a lot of Mennonite families in my hometown. Um, mm-hmm. And so like, I'm kind of like, I'm familiar with that, but like the kids were never kind of held to the same standard as the adults. Did you ever have that? Like the kids were the ones running around in t-shirts and mm. pants or shorts and stuff no, like that. It wasn't so- but then once they, it was almost like once they hit a certain age, if they didn't like leave, they, you know, would kind of like join the church or leave. It was yeah, like Mennonite room putting us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the childhood. Yeah, 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 the childhood. You get to run them up till you're 18 and then yeah. you got to pick. <laughs> there was an ultimatum. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It wasn't so like in the church now that they go to now that I left. It's not so much that as as much like the kids and look more or less like the adults. Mm-hmm. But yes, the adults would probably hold themselves to a higher degree of or like, you know, to a more modest dress than what the what the kids do but overall it's more or less kind of all mixed together all the same mm-hmm. except for the women of course you know the guys yes the the you know youth boys i'm call them they'll wear you know sweatpants <laughs> and whatever else they want to out out the bowers of guys you know they were dressed up a little bit more but the women they still look all the same so yeah you can't Isn't really separate you can't separate the two if they're all the same if one mm-hmm. uh one part of the or like the women in a sense right. if they're all look the same like you can't it's hard to kind of differentiate I just think that's so fast interesting that like in the progressive Mennonite like you know there's like there's like degrees of Mennonite Mm -hmm. and degrees of Amish you Mm -hmm. know and the more liberal you are as a Mennonite the the men change but the women don't Mm -hmm. like things change and get better for the men but for the women like not so much so because of all the oppression that's there well, and I think is it's, what it is? yeah, and I think it's because we're like, hierarchy. we're not equals. It's a, yeah, a hierarchy. It's, it's, it's created that hierarchy because if you let, if you empower women and let them think for themselves with Holy Spirit, I'm just going to go off on that. Yes, yeah. do it. If, bring you it. Let, if you let women live from Holy Spirit and decide what they view as purity culture, as modesty, let, let the father lead them into what they feel is totally fine. You know, like, it's yeah. not even about fine or not. It's, it creates that freedom there for the women and now you can't control them. Now you can't blame anyone else. Now you're going to have to own their own shit. Now, you, exactly. Yeah. It creates Sorry. that accountability as to why you're, mm-hmm. you know, you hear these stories of the, the Amish or the Mennonite men assaulting their girls or, or in the church, taking advantage of little girls or, or women. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely horrible. But then it's the women's of, fault. The they should have done something Because better. they weren't submissive or didn't listen. It's, it creates this whole hierarchy of, oh, I just um, want to. I want to grab it's, something. It's a big and power trip. It the window. <laughs> I'm so mad right now. Yeah, that's, I, that's it's probably bringing up old stuff again. But that's <laughs> I, you know, like, he's I, like, I, you I, need healing. Like, yeah. What I hear your heart saying <laughs> is that the heart healing. 
computer leave it, needs leave some it work. To the call you out. <laughs> call you up. Yes, call you up. Exactly. <laughs> no, but that's that's what it creates is that it cre- it's it's a power like it it now lets people live in their own authority. Mm-hmm. And you guys talk about that as well as you can't control what God leads. So once you let someone else make that decision because now I'm the leader of the home, I have to submit to the church. And then the church leaders, they submit to God. And then my wife has to submit to me. And if she does whatever she wants on her own, she's not submissive. So now she's the problem. So now I look bad Leslie, to the church. I can see it on your face. Now I look bad to the church. Yeah. No, now my reputation say- is ruined or my yeah. reputation is is uh, you know, tainted. Yeah. So, so it's so ingrained in the in the girls and the women that look this way. <laughs> This is your standard. The guys, yeah, we're going to get, we're going to twist the rules a little bit. We're going to get more liberal, more conservative. But the women, if you look through the past probably 50 years or more, probably ever since Anabaptist started, it's been the same for the women. Head mm. covering, cape dresses. It's like a pyramid scheme. Very much. Like, yeah. I'm Very telling much. you. That's, I was like, yeah. mm. mm-hmm. uh, so, okay. The women had to have the self-control with their modesty so that the men wouldn't lust were the men ever taught anything about self-control yeah to or just controlling them like just controlling their like keep your wife under control well it would have been more or less controlling their impulses or their thoughts in a sense okay yeah i mean yeah i would come out as maybe like character and things like that but as a rule it was more control what you think control it like yeah how you look at someone how what you think of them it wasn't like just be accountable for yourself. Let them do them. This is between you and the father. Like there was no freedom even for the guys as well, because yeah. it was, you know, you have to be this way to get a woman or like, you need to be this way to have a good, a good partner and, you know, have a healthy marriage and things like that. Okay. Talk more about that because we've talked about that from the, the woman's side of like, you've got to like come as this perfect rose. Like how did that show up? Like for us, it was looking for the perfect rose. Oh, interesting. Like you, yeah, you need to be a man and you're the leader of the house. You provide things, you know, the typical um, society thing or not society thinking as much, but religious thinking. Hmm. There was no, okay. It was back to, it was more look for the perfect partner and see how submissive she is to you. And she just sits at home, raises the kids. Is oh my God. What I, you know, I feel the ripple right. from all three of us going, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> because I've seen some, I've been, been in connection with families and, you know, friends through there, like from those families, like they treat their sisters, their mom, mm-hmm. their wives, <clears throat> yeah, cousins, whatever. They are their maids. They serve them. Dang, they're maids. Yeah, that's, I'm, that's I, what I I'll be honest doing. with you. And then you wonder why these women are so, like depressed and feel burnt out and you know for some women their escape is travel they have to travel in order to feel empowered or seen or get away from that mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah so if you have to find some kind of escape because if all you know is these are your roles and that's it so that's my point that's why it comes back to the holy spirit is if you let the holy spirit lead let these women live from their empowered state of who they are, who they're created to be. The men now have to step up, level up. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you don't, you don't, you know, I'm just, I'm the man. I can say what's like, there's so many times I heard this in my, in my home as well. Like, or, you know, whatever. 
I don't want to talk shit on people, but I'm just gonna be honest. Like it was because I'm the dad or because I said so. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There was like, okay, explain why you want me to, not because of the hierarchy here that I have no what no reason or no right to question it mm-hmm. because you're the dad or because you're my older brother or because you're in this position above me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it never created that that free space for conversation. And I think that's another reason that so many women feel unheard, unseen, looked over, burned out because they're never giving this given the space to just have conversation, just to talk, right. question their husband, question even the church's beliefs without feeling like they're being unsubmissive or, you know, questioning their own, the whole belief system or, or like um, throwing their husband under the bus or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was never given that, that place for free, I would just call it free, free speech in, in, in a sense. Yeah. That's yeah. so sad because too. You, sorry, oh, no, you're okay. Look, because like, I think I said this on a previous podcast where like, when, the, when that's not available, like, or if that was to be made available, those husbands would to get to see so much more of who their wife really is and probably love her so exactly. much more. Precisely. Like be like, man, she's so much more fun. Like we have a blast together. Her personality, like the things mm-hmm. she loves, her quirkiness, her, our imperfections is what we like about people. It's the weird yeah. things. Yeah. And so when you don't have the opportunity to see that, it's going to like, it, it dims everything mm-hmm. in your relationships with people. And in a culture where like you are, you are supposed to be perfect you're never allowed to not be perfect. You actually never build that kind of connection with anybody because you're always perfect or have to be. Like You can't be a human. You can't yeah. just be a human. You yeah. have to be what they tell you to be. So do you actually ever really build a connection with somebody? Do you know what I mean? Like a mm-hmm. deep connection where it's like, we're a teammate, which that in itself isn't even, I mean, I don't know for you, but was, was it like, was it looked at like, Hey, I'm going to find my teammate or I'm going to find my wife who's going to be submissive to me. No, it's the latter. Yeah. Oh you're gosh. looking for your wife. <laughs> yeah. You're not that's And that's why it took, you know, for me with deconstructing and since I've left, that's why it seems so intimidating and scary to get into a relationship. Mm-hmm. Just to be honest, like that's why I don't date, you know, there's maybe other reasons and things like that, but that is an underlying thing is if you're only looking for a wife, I'm not going to treat my wife like that. She's not just a, a role in my life. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> She's yeah. a, a part of my purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you build something together. It's not, so that's the thing. So many people, and that is hilarious. I see it so many times. I've seen it in, in people my age, they get, they start dating and within a year they're married. The one that was the one that's all like you. Okay. Five years down the road, they're, oh, they've had this problem. Oh, okay, I get it. Marriage is hard. It's going to be hard. But they're never allowed to date just to learn mm-hmm. yeah. and to discover yeah. each other as, yeah. their, as yeah. their purpose partner or see if, okay, basically red flags become, you know, yellow, yellow yeah. flags. It's not a green flag, not a red flag. You just kind of okay some of the bad things. Mm-hmm. Because they'll just submit to you once they're your wife. Oh or they'll, oh, you know, they'll, wow. they'll resolve themselves yeah. once you get married. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's the one side yeah. is a boom. One is one and done. Yeah. And then I they mean, wonder why they have so many marriage problems and they, the women feel unhappy. It was like, well, if I would have known that I don't have like this whole submitting bull crap of not, you know, not living an empowered life for myself, I would have never picked him. I would have never yeah. done this. If I would have yeah. been given the freedom to speak and think for myself, Yes. I would have probably never picked him. But yeah. if, if you 
like minimize or limit the women's thinking you don't you the men can then do that like you can just pick okay you're my wife or like we're gonna date we're gonna date for a year we like each other yeah great i'm glad you like each other but are you good for each other yeah yeah well, that's the that's thing. The like, difference. was was there put on you the like you're gonna date to marry, not yes. just date, yes. not just date that to see was, if I like you. Don't date. That's... You don't date unless you're dating for marriage. Oh golly, that's the same that's, way with the Amish. Like... That's why I'm saying you're always looking for that rose or that that special one that this is <laughs> the one. So you're not gonna date. Guys? You're not gonna look for anything else. You're not just not gonna. Date. That's why you have 30, 35 year old guys that have never been on a date. No, oh, they're gosh. still looking for. For the one well she's got to have this she's got to play sports she's got to you know be this type of person and like this okay i get that's your interests why don't but you take a girl out par- on a date and see if you like her but, exactly but it's because of that pressure you have to date to marry like i was gonna say what kind of what does that do for a guy which i guess you just answered there's 35 year old guys who've never been on a date like that pressure that it puts it on them to like healthy pressure you have to marry the person you're gonna date or like you have to date to marry yeah, it's not always the very first one that they marry, but right. it's the same intention. Yeah, you're not yeah. dating just. To, I mean, yeah, okay, they say the red flag was dating just to get. Enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, they call it dating to get to know each other, but you don't just go out on dates. You don't just take a girl that you're talking to and go take them out on a coffee date, or just go take them on a date to get to know, get to know each other and see see where it goes. No, you don't do that hmm. wow. because. You know, well then, you know, if you do that, well then, there's all these other temptations and all this uh, other stuff that get brought in. That's what I mean. Strips yeah. you of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you can't. Sorry, can't no, ahead. can I ask you a question? Because I'm, <coughs> I'm thinking of old things. Leslie. Do you, you want to say something? Because no, you're about to ahead. like. No, go ahead. Because I got a lot. I got a lot. Just go ahead. <laughs> so, like for a guy, um, for you, like you know, being raised men and I in this purity culture thing, and how do I want to say this? Um, so how hard is it for a guy to be in that culture, be taught those things? And like, I could be wrong here, but most guys enjoy physical affection, like hugs. And yeah, it's usually their love language. Their main love language. Like God exactly. made you that way. Exactly. Like, but, but then you're teaching men that, that the way they were made is wrong. They were made the wrong way. There's something faulty mm-hmm. with you. How because does that if affect you? If you do yeah. give in or show physical affection, yeah, it's temptation. How does that affect a guy's like confidence and like?